Isaiah 26, 4, trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord, the Lord himself, is the rock eternal. The rock eternal. Man, isn't that good news? In the world we're living in right now, I don't know if you've noticed or not, but things are changing rapidly in the world we're living in right now. Everywhere you look, there's change. I mean, you can look at a map. Things are changing geographically. When I was a kid growing up, there was a superpower just across the ocean called the Soviet Union. It doesn't even exist anymore. Countries are coming online, 20, uh, five new countries in the last 10 years. So geographically, things are changing. Technology is changing. The kids in school today, from first all the way through seniors in college, they don't know anything about card catalogs for libraries. Let me tell you how old I am. I took a class in school on how to use a card catalog in a library. Things have changed big time. I just looked this up last week. 95% of our four-year-olds have used computers. Is that crazy? And, and if you wouldn't mind, turn to the person next to you and just take a guess. Which country in the entire uh, world has the fastest internet speed? Go ahead and take a guess. If you guess Liechtenstein, you hit the nail on the head. Liechtenstein, followed by Hong Kong, Denmark, Switzerland, the Netherlands, Sweden, Iceland, Finland, Andorra, and Bermuda. The U.S. and Japan are down the list quite a ways. Bermuda has faster internet speed. I knew they had great shorts, but come on, internet speed? Technology is changing. We've gone from bag phones to flip phones to smartphones. We've got smart TVs. Our economy is changing, too. I read last week that the 10 top in-demand jobs for the year 2025 haven't even been discovered yet. We're training our kids for jobs that aren't here yet with uh, technology that doesn't even exist yet. Changing. My mother-in-law, Pearl, she just celebrated another anniversary with Cummins. Anybody want to guess how many years she's worked for Cummins? Fifty-three years she's worked for Cummins. That makes my 33 years here look pretty paltry, doesn't it? Those days are gone. According to the United States Department of Labor, it estimates that the average student today will have 10 to 14 different jobs by the time they're 38 years old. Everything's changing quickly. Our culture's changing, our clothes are changing, our dress is changing, our music's changing, our morals are changing. Outer space is even changing. When I was a kid, we had nine planets in our solar system. What happened to poor Pluto? I don't know. Everybody in this room's changing. The, the hair's on your head, if you have hair on your head. <laughs> they change, yeah, I'd rather. Uh, the wrinkles on your face, the neurons in your brain are changing constantly. In fact, there's a huge industry out right now that's trying to tell us they can control that. Stop it. You can Botox it. You can Rograin it. You can pasteurize it. You can liposuction it. You can moisturize it. You can cryogenically freeze it. But you can't stop it. <laughs> Look around. It's not just change. It's change and decay. Things are changing. I read this thing called The Rock from Ortberg. It's been years ago. And I remember he was telling this story about a friend of his who had a boy. I'll call him Billy. And Billy hated change. He's a little guy. He had a vest. I'm not making this up. This is a true story. He wore it every day. He slept in it. He played in it. His mom had to pry it off his body once in a while to wash it. And they said he would stand by the washer and dryer waiting for it so he could put it back on. Billy didn't like change. And it would be my guess that a lot of you in here don't like change either. So what are we going to do with all this change? It's not like we get to vote on it. It's here. It's here in this country. We've changed economically. We've changed politically. We've changed morally, oh my goodness. So what are we going to do? Some of the change has been good. Some of the change has been bad. 
And some of the change has been brutal. I just want to remind us this morning that the only way you and I are going to survive in an ever-changing world is to hold on to our unchanging God. If we're going to get through these changing times without them crushing us, we got to be clear about things that are timeless. And I want to talk to you about some of the things this morning that you can count on that are rock solid as we move forward in this changing world. And here's the first one. The character of God does not change. Wow, that's good news on so many levels. You know anybody that uh, has different moods, up one minute, down the next? Those kind of people are hard to navigate around. Uh, I read a story about this guy who his girlfriend was always in a mood, he, sound, he said. So he went online to try to find one of those mood rings. You guys remember the mood ring? They were pretty cool. You put them on your finger, and they changed colors depending on what mood you were in. What, you can find anything on the Internet. Just ask my son-in-law, Aaron. He'll find you anything. Well, this guy found a mood ring for his, for his girlfriend, and she put it on, and he, she said, this is what I discovered. When I'm in a good mood, it turns green. When I'm in a bad mood, it puts a red mark on his forehead. He should have bought me a diamond. You know what I mean? So people change. God does not. Isn't that good? I mean, friends will let you down. Neighbors move away. People at work retire. God does not change ever. It is so amazing. James chapter 1 verse 17 says, Every good thing comes down from God who does not change like shifting shadows. God never changes. His mood never changes. And by that, I don't mean he's distant or immovable. I mean he is rock-solid consistent. God never changes. He is faithful. We sang that song early, or we're going to sing it later. He is so faithful. He's faithful to everybody. You read through the Bible, he was faithful to Abraham. He was faithful to Moses in good and bad. He was faithful to David in good and bad, Esther, Elijah. Uh, In fact, there's never been a human being on the planet that God was not faithful to, and guess what? You're not going to be the first. He is always faithful. Rock solid. His holiness never changes. Listen, this is so important today. God hates sin just as much today as he did 3,000 years ago, and he's not changed his mind. We're changing our minds all the time. He does not. God doesn't say things like, go ahead and exasperate your kids. You know, kids are so bad today, I've changed my view on that. Go ahead. Go ahead and take care of yourself. Don't worry about the poor. Times are tough. You just make sure you look for yourself. Don't look out for your neighbor. I I changed my mind. Go ahead and sleep around. Times are changing. I'm a changing God. I'm going to change with it. God doesn't do that. In fact, I'm going to have a little, (sighs) just a soapbox. Just give me a one-page-a-note soapbox. In, In my opinion, this is the reason why we're fighting so much today, even among Christians, is because we have once again bellied up to the bar at the base of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Somehow we have gotten back to the place where we think we can decide. Someplace we we are so smart and so sophisticated and so full of ourselves that we think these days we can actually decide what's right and what's wrong. Family, I want to remind you, we were not created with the capacity to know what's right and wrong. That's why we're fighting with each other. What's right and wrong is clearly written in the Word of God, and it does not change. And we need to stand on it. His holiness never changes. If it's unpopular, it doesn't make any difference. We stand on the Word of God. God's wisdom never changes. Again, man, in this information age, we are so smart. I mean, if you've got any questions at all, just Google it. And you can find the answer. And listen, the Internet never lies. Bonjour. You know, it's always right. But 
I, I read that in 2006, there were 2.6 billion searches on Google a year. In 2008, 31 billion, with a B, searches on Google. Last year, 63,000 searches a second, 2.6 billion a day, 2 trillion Google searches a year starting last year. We're so smart. We're so full of it. We think we've outsmarted the Bible. We have not. The Internet's powerful. I know that. One out of six marriages last year, people met online, although one out of three divorces were caused from online too, so be careful. I mean, there's no doubt about it. I'll admit that we have stepped up the rung of the ladder in knowledge of good and evil based on the Internet. But I want to tell you something. You really want to blow your mind. You just think about the riches and the vastness of the mind of our God. He knows everything about every issue, about every new discovery, about every person, about every planet, about every solar system, about every universe if there's more than one, about every eternity. It's all wrapped up in the mind of God, and He is wise. And I'm going to tell you something. If there's something going on in your life right now, some hot-button issue, because there's a lot of those right now, and you're trying to find the answer to that, I wouldn't Google it. I'd go straight to the Word of God. And if you need help, find it, call me up, because His wisdom never changes. Something else, oh my goodness, his love for us never changes. Anybody in here need a place of solid, unconditional love? Well, it's God, my friend. He will always love you. He's always there. Rough times, smooth times, plenty times, hard times. Nobody else can do that for you. Nobody else is going to love you no matter what, cherish you no matter what, protect you, hold on to you no matter what. It's our God. His character never changes. He's always wise. He's always holy. It never changes. Again, I love what Ortberg says. He's the foundation on which people who follow him, who love him, have been able to handle change now for thousands of years. All kinds of persecution, dangers, governments toppling, different financial situations, physical illnesses. With our God, we can embrace anything that changes. We can laugh at it as long as we hold on to God. But if we don't, we're in deep weeds. I like that. The character of God never changes. Something else that doesn't change. Jesus being the hope of the world never changes. Jesus said something really amazing in uh, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8. He said, I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. <sighs> Anybody in here thinks that's particularly good news, turn to the person next to you in your best Elvis voice say, that's good news, baby. It is, man. Come on, what a breath of fresh air. Listen, politicians come and politicians go. Leaders rise and leaders fall. Administrations come online, administrations go offline, praise God. Sometimes they do good, sometimes they do bad. But no politician is the hope of the world. Only Jesus is the hope of the world. The stock market goes up, the stock market goes down. But I'm going to tell you something, there's no hope in money. In fact, I think it's going to go away pretty soon if we don't start throwing around like we have been. But Jesus is the hope of the world. Circumstances, they ebb and flow. Sometimes they're good, sometimes they're bad. I finally got the girl I wanted, she dumped me. Finally got the job I wanted, the company went out of, out of business. Finally got all the money I thought I needed, my health waned. Sometimes circumstances are good, sometimes they're not so good. That's why, family, this church is not a political church. It's not. Now, we've got a lot of political opinions, uh, 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 opinions in this church, and some of them pretty strong. But this is not a church about politics. This is not a church about money. 
This is not a church about happy circumstances. We don't preach health, wealth, and prosperity at South Union Christian Church. We're not in that business. We're in the Jesus business at this church. This is a Jesus church. He's our hope. He's our help. He's our light. He's our Savior. He's our friend. We have nothing else to offer you at South Union Christian Church but Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you, that's all you need because He is the hope of the world, and it will never change. Never. Thirdly, the authority of the Bible will never change. You talk about light in a dark world. Oh, my goodness, do we need this more than ever. Do you know our information still doubling every two years? Is that crazy to you? Think about that for a minute. If you've got a kid in college right now on a four-year degree, what they learned as a freshman will be outdated by the time they're a junior. You're getting ripped off, man. You need to get your money back. You know what I'm talking about? The point is, we are constantly bombarded with new information, and yet we seem to be starved to death for wisdom these days. Have you noticed not much common sense out there right now? We have all these facts coming in. We don't know what to do with them. So what are we going to do with all these Google facts, church? Come on, family. We know what we do. We go to the living and enduring Word of God. It speaks to our very existence. The Bible tells us why we're here, where we came from, where we're going. The Bible tells us about this God of ours and how much He loves us and what He's done for us through Jesus Christ. This Bible has an incredible power to it. When I speak the Word of God up here from this pulpit, I can see what it does to your eyes and your heart. It's living and active and sharpened a double-edged sword. cuts all the way to the bone. It encourages us sometimes. It rebukes you sometimes. It instructs you. And we need to be reminded in these unbelievably changing times to stay in the true Word of God, to read it to meditate on it, to think about it, to ask hard questions about it, to defend it. And more than anything else, family, we need to obey it because it is not changing whether the things around us change or not. The power of prayer, number four, does not change. Human communication has changed a lot over the years. In fact, do you, do you remember when the first text message went out? December of 1992. Is that crazy to make you feel old? Well, last year, according to national statistics, the average teenager texted 36,000 times. That's crazy. 36,000 times. It's doubled from the year before. I read that the, uh, this, I'm serious, and I'm not making this up. I read that the kids are starting to have problems with their thumbs. You've heard of tennis elbow? Some of the kids are getting tennis thumb. Greg Hardesty's uh, 14-year-old daughter uh, sent out 16,000 texts in one month. He got on to her about it, and then he, read a, he wrote a column about it, and the people who read his column tried to contact his daughter, so the next month she sent out 26,000 texts. He took her phone away from her. So what's up, man? Why are we doing this? What's the push with that? Oh, well, we know what it is. The Bible said very clearly, it's not good for man to be alone. Everybody needs connection. But this is fake connection. That's why we're having so much trouble with it. That's why we're talking so much about connecting at South Union, getting busy and getting close back together again like we're supposed to. But I, we need to remember this morning as we move forward in this changing world that the best form of communication today is not the cell phone, it's not texting, it's not even conversation. The best form of communication you can have right now is to speak to your unchanging God whose character is always the same. And you can do that anywhere you want to, any way you want to, any time you want to. Psalm 34, 15, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their cry. In the Hebrew, that means like the ears of a deer when they hear a, a, a stick snap. When you speak Jesus' name or speak to God, his ears perk up. 
It's amazing. That's why I'm so excited about doing the 40 years of prayer again. Some of you are here when we did it last time. We, it was eight years ago, I think we did that. Every night starting September 26th at 6.33, Matthew 6.33, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you as well. So at 6.33 every night for 40 days starting September 26th, we're going to pray together as a church. Now, we're going to have the church doors open like we did last time. I'll tell you how it went last time in case you're thinking, I can't, I don't have that kind of time. We come in about uh, 25 after 6, and we'll have a quick devotion, and we'll open up the altar, and I'll play some music, and everybody prays, and the last one out, I lock up. The longest time that happened last time was about 30 minutes. It averages 15 to 20. It's a powerful time. You can't come all 40 days. If you can, come on. Some of you did. I think the true locks were with me 40 days in a row last time. But if you can't be here, wherever you're at, you go to your knees. Soccer game, Kroger, Walmart, powerful stuff. We heard some amazing stories last year. We're going to talk about fasting. We're going to talk about praying for our country and for our kids. September 26, 40 days of prayer. I've got to move. Number five, unfortunately, human condition hasn't changed either, and it's not going to. Philip Yancey in one of his books was talking about his brother who went through several setbacks. I guess his brother was a, a philosophy teacher, and he was a piano major in college, so he's all about the arts. But one day, uh, some plaque moved around in one of his arteries. And Philip Yancey said he went from talking about music in the arts one minute to intensive care where the family was celebrating that he could count to five in the next he said, my brother tried Christianity, but said it never worked for him. said he felt at the same level like God would never forgive him. But in the ICU unit, he squeezed my hand tightly every time I prayed. In fact, oftentimes tears ran down his face. I've concluded, he says, the human condition and all its glory and all its tragedy just does not change. It's a strange thing. We learn how to split the atom and then figure out how to use it to kill people. We invent the Internet and the first big money makers, pornography. Every increase in knowledge of power that increases our ability to do good also increases our ability to do damage. We keep living with the illusion that there'll be a solution to the human condition someday. It'll come about when there's more education or more prosperity for everybody or more technology or more tolerance or more medicine. But none of that's going to fix it because that's not the problem. The problem, he says, is Romans 3.23. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, which leads to the last thing that's never going to change, and that's the mission of this church. The very last thing Jesus said before he left the planet was go to make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and I'll be with you to the end of the age. Our mission at South Union Christian Church is to lead people to Jesus Christ and teach him how to lead somebody else to Jesus Christ, and teach them how to obey the living, enduring Word of God that does not change. Is that going to cost us? Yeah. Yeah, especially these days. But we speak the truth in love, and we speak the truth about Jesus Christ. Now, my question to you, South Union, are we done? We finished in Monroe County. Can we move on? Everybody uh, in your neighborhood know Jesus? Everybody in your household know Jesus? Everybody at school, everybody at work, you get my idea, right? And I know it looks daunting when we think of all the people we know in our lives that don't know Jesus. You say, how can I reach them all? You can't, but you can reach one. 
And that's our mission. Our mission is not to have the greatest uh, small group program in the county, although we're starting today and meeting. I can't wait to do this. It's going to be a powerful movement. Our mission is not to have the best youth group in the area, but we do. Our mission is not to have the greatest children's ministry and VBS and all that, although I think Jackie is the best around. It's not to have the best women's ministry, the best preaching ministry. Our mission is to make disciples who make disciples who teach about the Word of God, and we've got a lot to do. Because we're in a world right now that's dark. They don't want to hear the truth. When I was in high, uh, junior high school, I had a buddy, his name was uh, John Steele. I was in the eighth grade. And we hadn't always been friends. In fact, we'd been mortal enemies. I'd shot him a couple times with the BB gun as he rode down the street. He'd thrown some eggs at me. And we'd had several fist fights. But we started getting along together, and Larry Gregory, one of our third friends, we just run around that summer for some reason. And Larry and I went to church together. John Steele's family had nothing to do with that. And Larry kept asking me, hey, we need to invite him to church. Yeah, we will, we will, but we didn't. Well, um, it was July, and I was playing Babe Ruth baseball, and I was sitting on the bench. It was the 3-0 pitch, and I looked down at the third base coach, and he gave me the take sign, but it was such a beautiful pitch I swung grounded out to third base, and it cost us the inning. So I'm sitting on the bench for that, and Larry Gregory came up to me, and he said, hey, did you hear about John Steele? I said, no. He said he was riding his bike across where Galleon sits there in 40, and it got hit by a car. And I said, oh, my goodness, is he okay? No, he's not. He's dead. He's dead. I don't want to be overdramatic, but I don't want to lie to you. I've thought about that for 50 years. I, I might bump into him in eternity, and he's going to say, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you even bother to tell me? Because really, when we get through all the fluff and all the hot button issues and all the stuff that's dividing this entire country, the only thing that matters is Jesus Christ. You either have him and are going to live forever, or you don't, and you're not. So our mission is to tell our family and our friends and our loved ones about the broken body and the shed blood of Jesus Christ, the perfect Son of God that came to this planet, lived 33 perfect years, and died a sacrificial death so we could live forever. If you're thankful about that, spread it around, and I'd start right now by thanking Him.